Welcome to the latest edition of the Views from the Views from the Wings podcast. I'm Nishan Randin here with Aaron Palacios, and you know, it's been a it's been over a week since the Eagles played. They actually played last Thursday night, and man, they just they just got out dominated. They got dominated by a very 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 good Buccaneers team. You know, they gave up that opening drive touchdown, and then were able to go down the field and get get the ball back and score the touchdown and then it just kind of everything everything just went downhill from there you know it's just like you know Jalen Hurts who's missing wide open passes yet again he underthrew Jalen Rager but that led to a pass interference he underthrew underthrew Jalen Rager twice and both of them could have been touchdowns and he missed he missed Quasi Watkins on the sideline, and that just that ended up in the interception. It was, you know, it was just frustrating to watch, just like seeing him not make, being able to make that open throws or either, you know, going to if one read is near that, just like breaking the pocket, which he didn't need to do. Like the, I think the offensive line had a decent game. It's just that he didn't. I, I, honestly, I don't know what's going on with him, man. It's 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 like mind boggling seeing him not even throw down in the middle of the field. He's just always going to the right, never to the left. It's 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 confusing. Yeah. So just to touch on real quick about the uh, throwing, the lack of throws to the middle of the field. I actually saw a stat here today um, on percentage of throws. Um, thrown to the middle of the field and Jalen Hurts unsurprisingly is dead last. Um, he has uh, 2.88, 2.88% of his throws um, are to the middle of the field, which is 33rd out of 33 ranked quarterbacks. Um, Kirk Cousins is right above my like 3.3%. And so there's a few quarterbacks like around that range, but I mean, you look at some of the top QBs in the league, Lamar Jackson, Pat Mahomes, Tom Brady, Matt Stafford, they're the top four um, in throws to the middle of the field. And Unsurprisingly, they are two of the you know four of the top best quarterbacks in the league this year. Um, you know, yeah. they're all over eight and a half percent of their throws to the middle of the field. So you're seeing, and I don't know if it's Jalen Hurts' inability to throw there. Maybe he doesn't see it. Maybe um, you know, it's like a, you know, I've heard this argument too. It's like a height thing, which I don't buy into as much because um, Kyler Murray. I mean, he's he's five nine, and he's yeah. he's right he's right about league average, fifteen yeah. rank, six um, percent. Same, same thing like Russell Wilson. He doesn't really have a tough time throwing there um, to the middle of the field. He's a little towards the back end. But point is, um, I think it's more of a scheme thing, and I think it's more of a lack of trust in Jalen Hurts' arm and his, in it for himself and the coaching staff. Because yeah. those, middle of the, those middle of the field throws, they're going to be much more likely to be intercepted. They're, they're usually tighter. Um, I don't know if I want to say tighter windows uh, because you can have really tight windows on the outside too. But the thing is, there's so many moving parts in the middle of the field compared to, you know, on, on the boundary, especially if you're getting single high coverage, if you're just worrying about man to man, you know, you that's that's essentially seven on seven, you know, yeah. and, and if, if you're a quarterback and, and you're able to get your timing down and, and Jalen Hurts, I think on those short intermediate routes, his timings can sometimes be really good. Um, but I think the biggest issue for Hurts is he's just not seeing it. he's not seeing the field and no, it's not because of like a height thing or size thing. It's just because he doesn't have the processing speed. And that's something I saw. Um, and that I was worried about coming into this season. I even tweeted about it like um, a little over a year or almost a year ago now, right around the time Hertz took over. Um, and looking back at that tweet, it was going over his, his post uh, or his um, time to throw post snap. And he had ranked like 
very, very lowly, like in the in the 200s, I believe, out of ranked quarterbacks um, in college football his final season um, when it came to that. And he, he had a time to throw over three seconds his final college year. Um, and we're seeing we're seeing kind of the same thing here. And we're seeing him not able to, to process defenses or maybe the NFL speed or even process where his wide receivers are going to be at a, on a given play, because you saw um, right, right at the beginning and, you know, the, the Eagles defense obviously gave up the touchdown to start, which was not ideal, but something to be expected when you played with the bucks. Um, mm-hmm. They at least made him at least made him work for it 10 plays, but uh, yeah, the, the first touchdown drive, I mean, he, he missed, he missed Devonta Smith on a deep out pattern and it was just a small miss, but it's another timing thing. Man. It's just one of those, one of those things where, he just doesn't have the timing to know where his receiver is going to be when he's going to, when he's supposed to be there. Um, and, and like you said, him running out of the pocket, that's something that happened, especially on the first drive. Um, he, he just ran straight to the right side. Like there's just no pot. I mean, there's, there's, there's no rush coming in the pocket. You've got to find, you got to find place to step up. He just bails out for whatever reason. And it's 90% of the time it'll be to the right side. And yeah. defenses are going to key on that, man. Like that's something that is a trend that is, Easily, if if me and you were seeing it, you know, obviously defensive coordinators. Yeah. So I I just I cringe to think what the Raiders are going to do um, to to kind of scheme up because they've got Max Crosby and, and Yannick Ngakwe are no joke on on the defensive you know defensive end and I think uh, the offensive line held up well. I I want to say um, I want to say one of our offensive tackles I can't remember who it was was graded like one of the tops at their position. It might have even been my lot. Um, I can't remember. I can't remember yeah. who it was, but it seemed as though they, they kind of held their own. Um, yeah. yeah, man, it was just, uh, I think a lot of that, especially the fact that we were even in that game to begin, that first touchdown drive was, was so much luck involved. Yeah. <laughs> that, that throw to Quez Watkins, man, that should have been intercepted. Like there's no, Jalen Hurts had no business making that throw. And he had, there had no business even having that completed, you know, yeah. it bounces, it bounces off the hand and, and somehow Quez Watkins comes up with a crazy play. So. Yeah, yeah, man. It was it was just a frustrating game. Um, defense, you know, I don't I don't think the defense really showed a whole lot other than they were able to kind of keep it close. Like, I mean, at the very beginning of the game, if you look at the the first few drives from Tampa, their first uh, two drives, obviously they scored, but they had a little lull there where they punted two different times, and the score was only fourteen to seven. And the yeah. Eagles the Eagles possessed the ball three times. Um, and in between those three possessions, the punks, I'm sorry, the Bucks punted twice, two, yeah. three and outs. Yeah. And if, if you can't capitalize on that against the freaking Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who've got one of the best, most explosive offenses in the NFL and one of the worst pass defenses, if you yeah. turn around and, and punt the ball away right after that, I mean, I don't know how much you can really truly blame the defense. And yeah. I, I do think they're soft, man. I think it's a really soft defense. I think, they don't stop the run. They can't stop the run. They can't win at the line of scrimmage. And Jonathan Gannon does not scheme very well. But the fact that they were able to keep it 14 to 7, you know, yeah. when they had all those possessions, man, and, and you, you get two punts and a Jalen Hurts interception followed by even more punts. I don't know, man. I don't I don't know how you're going to win against the Bucs or any team when your offense is, is that ineffective. Yeah, and um, like you said, they just kept – they're, the defense, even though the defense played, they didn't play the, the best game, they still were able to keep the game in, until like halftime, which is right. like 14-7, I think. Yeah, so it's uh-huh. like, it's it's frustrating, like the defense, at some point you can't expect the defense to keep on getting stopped and the offense to do nothing because the defense is going to get tired and they end up going to be giving up long, long drives and long plays. So it's like... Mm-hmm the offense needs to do something that will help the defense 
if you don't get point, at least get have a long drive in there, even if you don't end up with points, you're helping mm-hmm. your you help help resting the defense. And it's like we're we're not seeing that. And it's like <clears throat> yeah, the score was close when it was 28-22, but that wasn't mm-hmm. really the the Bucks dominated dominated us from start to finish. Like mm-hmm. and you know, going back to Jalen Hurts, man, I I earlier in the week I was watching uh his game against Texas in twenty nineteen. And there was a part in the brought in the commentary where one of I think Joel Clack he said that Lincoln Riley is trying to get Jalen Hurts off that off of the first read and then running. He's trying to get him to evaluate the reads that are available to him. So this is a problem that's been going on since like two years ago, and it still hasn't improved. So you kind of have to look at it. Does like does Nick Sirianni think that he'll be able to? Having Jalen Hurts will be helping succeed, or do you think like they might have to go get another quarterback? They'll have the ammunition to get one. I don't think there's a really, really good quarterback in this upcoming draft. Only one who's like distancing himself in this whole thing is Matt Corral out of Ole Miss. You could also say Malik Willis, but Malik Willis is playing like he's playing like low level teams, low low. And you have Matt Corral, who's like playing in the SEC, one of the best, the best conference in the in, in college football. So you're seeing him play like against uh, elite defenses. So it's like, I th- I just think, and then you had yesterday, I think a report coming out that the Eagles are still having trade discussions with Deshaun Watson. So that kind of shows you that the Eagles aren't really like sold on Jalen Hurts, like. Mm-hmm. These next two games are very winnable, and if they don't win them, then I just don't think how. And Jalen Hurts plays bad. I don't see how they're able to, how he's gonna be the starter in twenty twenty two. And yeah, it's like, come on. It's it's a weird season already, just because yeah. like um, there were just so many expectations, like not even just with Jalen Hurts, like Miles Sanders, man, like. I just expected him to take off this year, and I think yeah. everyone's been expecting it since since his rookie year. And he's just yeah. been whether it's his own problems with like fumbling, like he had you know last year or even in his rookie year. Um, but now it's just he's just not getting the ball. And yeah, you saw I mean, it, it all cute, uh, kind of kind of came together last week, and it was like a the worst kind of performance it seemed like it was going to be of his career. Even like I mean, because through through the first. First two quarters, Sanders had two touches. And this is a guy who is extremely talented who throughout his whole life has always probably been the focal point of an offense. You know, even even at Penn State, maybe he wasn't the focal point, but he was one of the focal points. You know what I'm saying? And even throughout his whole NFL career, he was always been extremely important to this team. And the fact, the fact that he's just not getting the ball whatsoever. One carry, one target, one catch with two quarters. I mean, it's just it makes no sense. It makes absolutely no sense. There's zero excuse for it, and it, it, there's really no explanation either. And I understand the Bucks are great against great against the run, but guess what? They had their most success doing against the Bucks, running the fucking yeah. football. <laughs> so it, it's mind blowing to me that that you can have one of your best, most established players on offense getting two touches in an entire in an entire half. I don't care what game script is. I don't care what the game was like. I don't care what happened. Like, it's just inexcusable. And um, to talking about Jalen Hurts again, um, 
his final stat line, 1226, 115 for one and one, 4.4 yards uh, per attempt. Obviously terrible, but it was even worse, man. It could have been a lot worse. And if it wasn't for that garbage time touchdown, and I, I usually don't like to use that term, but I mean, it is what it was. Like it was garbage. Time. It was straight garbage time. There was three minutes left in the game and they scored a touchdown. Um, and up in, uh, up until the point when the game, when the game was 28 to seven, Jalen Hurts was six of 16 for 54 yards, a touchdown and a pick. Um, and that's just disgustingly bad. It's some of the worst statistical quarterback play we've seen from, from this team, not even counting last year, because Wentz didn't really have many games where he was six of 16 for 54 fucking yards. Uh, yeah. It, it just didn't happen. Um, and he was terrible last year. So other, you know, we're just seeing, we're seeing a, a, a level of quarterback play. I think that is just so low than what we're used to seeing. Like even like the Sam Bradford days, the one when Nick Foles was bad, we just never saw a quarterback seem so kind of inept to handle what you would expect from the quarterback position, as far as reading a defense or, or managing a pocket or delivering on target on time throws. It's just like, he's not a quarterback yet. He's just not, he's, he's an athlete playing quarterback. And he's a phenomenal athlete with a lot of skill and a lot of talent, but he's just not, he's just not like a prototypical NFL quarterback yet. He doesn't have kind of the things that you want, those boxes you want to see checked by a quarterback. And I, I will say it doesn't seem like Sirianni's playing to his strengths a lot. Um, he seems like he's like trying to ask Hurts to win from the pocket all the time. Not, I mean, not all the time, but quite often. And it seems like the only time he tries to take advantage of what Jalen Hurts does well is zone reads. It's like, it's like he has like a certain offense set in place for like a certain type of quarterback. That's not Jalen hurts. And then he throws zone reads in there yeah. and he's like, well, well, this is me catering to Jalen hurts. I'm giving him zone reads. I mean, I wouldn't be doing this. I didn't do this in Indy with Phillip rivers. So obviously I've changed my offense. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, I, it's just not enough. You, you've got, you've got to have some sort of identity. And right now our identity is running bubble screens and uh, not running the football. And that's about it. I, I don't, I don't know what else to expect from this offense. Yeah. And I think, uh, <clears throat> I think Shannon Sharp, he put it right correctly. Um, I think it was after the game or during the game. He said, Jalen hurts waits for the receivers to get open. Mm -hmm. You, he, 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 Jalen Hurts, like, he needs to throw the ball up there and hope his receiver has the speed enough to go get the ball. Mm -hmm. If you get, if you're waiting for the receiver to op get open, the defensive back is good enough to make, to make a play on the ball, to knock it right. down. Exactly. And if, 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 sorry to interrupt, but if, if the no, quarterback, if, if the quarterback, um, I'm sorry, if the quarterback knows they're open, the defensive back knows they're open too. Yeah. So that's going to give him, you know, a defensive back could, could think they're still in good position when they're not. And it seems like Hertz tried to make some of those throws, like that one to Quez, that awful interception. It was like one of those situations where he's like, I've got to throw it to him before he's open because yeah. that's what I'm, you know, that's what I'm being told. That's what the, you know, whatever. And it obviously just ended up horribly because it was, it was the wrong decision, but sorry, you can go ahead. No. Yeah. It's like, they usually say there's a saying that a lot of people use in the NFL. Like if the, if, if the wide receiver is even, he's leaving. So it's like, just you got to give, you can't just hold on to the ball in the pocket for such a long time. And then you're eventually going to get sacked or sack fumble or throw, you're going to throw an incompletion or it's going to get intercepted. It's like, you need to be more, you, you, you need to need to know what you're doing in the pocket. It's easier 
easy for us to say because we're not mm-hmm. we don't have like six big ass people like trying to chase after us and tackle right. us. But it's, it's like so it's very notice noticeable on the even watching the game, it's like, come on, man, you gotta you gotta you gotta you gotta step it up. And before I hand it back off to you, I said I think I said before the season started, the Eagles cannot they cannot be under five hundred mm-hmm. after the six game after the these six games. It's gonna bring a lot of question marks if if Nick Sirianni is the answer or Jalen Hurts is the answer and look at that right there. Two and four. And it's like it seems like question. things are fixable, but they're not being fixed. And that's the frustrating part. Yeah. And you're yeah. right, those 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 questions are being asked. It's you I mean you're you're right. It's exactly what's happening, and people are. Uh, Jay Glazer had to come out and say, "No, Nick Sirianni will not be a one and done coach." That was after five or six weeks, man. Yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. But you, I mean, you essentially called it. I mean, if they're winning, people are going to start calling for their heads, and a lot of the same people that love Jalen Hurts and um, what's his name, Darius Jackson. I like the guy, but he was one of them. And like after week two, maybe three. He was, he was saying, you know, I don't believe this is going to be a Jalen Hurts, Nick Sirianni show. Like, uh, I think – or actually, I think he was wanting to get rid of Jalen and keep Nick at that point. Now he's kind of flipped to wanting to keep Jalen. and Who said him. that? I don't know. Darius Jackson. Uh, that um, dude is a, a flip-flopper. Oh, it's, dude. It was hilarious. But you, to your point, that's exactly what happened. You have the people that were riding so hard for him to start the season. Now they're, you know, they're flipping because they see, they see these limitations that we kind of were like, man, like, maybe just pump the brakes on this Jalen Hurst stuff. Like he's talented. We get that. He came in and looked better than, than Carson Wentz. That's fine. But like top 12 quarterback, top 10, you guys are, are predicting like so much from, from this guy that now you're wanting to put training wheels on. So yeah, that's why for me, that's why I would mean, I think me and you both were kind of, I think I'm a little higher on Jalen Hurst than you even, but I'm not even high on him. Like the guy is, is very, very limited right now. And I I like his potential. I like what he's shown in spurts. And I will say he was extremely clutched in that game. And I, I did call it garbage time. Maybe it wasn't garbage time because they ha- did have an outside, crazy outside chance of possibly winning. And maybe it takes some crazy breaks for that to happen. But he was clutch. Um, I think the throw that he made um, on that two-point conversion was one of his best throws of the night, one of his best plays in general. And that's the type of stuff you see from Jalen Hurts where you're like, fuck, man, if you could just be consistent, if you could just trust yourself more instead of waiting for this backyard football stuff, because that seems like where he's at his best is whenever you're just playing backyard football, man. And it's, it's, you know, it's one-on-one. And to yeah. me, I, I just want to see, I want to see him play within structure better. And even Nick Sirianni said this, how too often they were going off script, how he wants to see like, and he said, like, 30%. Like, if 30% of the plays go off script, that's fine. You got a great off script player in Jalen Hurts. But it was more like 50 to 60%, he said, against the Bucks, And I, I saw that, too. Just, just watching the game live, you could see open pockets and, and open throwing lanes where Hurts was just, like, panicking. And I don't even know if it was a panic, but something in his head goes off where he just he just got – he has to get outside and, and, and try to run to the right. And um, he was even kind of took the – someone kind of asked him about it in the press conference, and – he was like, yeah, I need to step up and, you know, I need to stay in the pocket, but also no one sees what I see out there. <laughs> to me, he got, roasted. Like, he got roasted for that and also saying that yeah. he's getting open. Like, bro. Like, did, he, did he say okay. that? Yeah, he said that. 
He said like nobody's God. getting open. Like bro, everybody oh, no. is getting open. You're just not. Yeah. You don't have the arm strength to throw it down the field. Like I think it's the anticipation, man. I think it's anticipation and, and trust in his in his arm. Um, because like I, I go back to that throw to Quez Watkins, um, the ninety yard that should have been a touchdown. Like that was a. 40 yards in the air. I, I want to say at least 40, maybe 50 in the air. And it was on a diamond. Like it was a great throw, but you just don't see him make that throw very often. It's more, more often than not, it's under throws. Um, and I, I do believe he's got the worst deep ball accuracy beyond 20 yards in the NFL. Um, I had that stat not too long ago, but I believe I've lost it. Um, but um, he's, he's at least somewhere up there as one of the most in, inaccurate passers beyond 20 yards. Um and he just doesn't throw it beyond 20 yards much. And, you know, that a lot of that could be scheme. I do think Sirianni wants to get the ball in guys' hands, as you've seen with all the, you know, shitty screens that he runs. And they're not even good screens. Like, they're the most basic high school bubble screens. You know, you don't, you don't see tunnel screens. You don't see middle screens or shovel passes. Like, a middle tight end screen is a play that Dallas Goddard has dominated on. It's, Doug Peterson used to run that 15 times a year. And maybe not even that much, but he would run that, you know, 10 to 15 times a year. And, and it would almost always result in a, in a great play. Um, obviously, Goddard hasn't been available and stuff. But point is, it just seems like the creativity isn't quite there in the screen game. Like, if you want to be a screen-heavy team, you've got to have creativity. In it. You can't yeah. just be running bubble screens. I mean, teams see that. They see that all the time, and it's easy to stop. Yeah, and um, big news came out, I think, after the game on um, Friday, Zachary got traded to the to the Cardinals for uh for uh Tay Yao and a cornerback out of from the Cardinals. And I know I think everybody saw it coming that he's gonna get traded. He didn't probably didn't want to be here last year and he requested a trade. So he wasn't you know, I thank him for his Super Bowl catch, winning the Super Bowl for us, the years that he had, but man, he just went after the after the 2018 season, he just really, he kind of went, he, he kind of regressed. And then we drafted Dallas Goddard and Dallas Goddard has, Dallas Goddard still has, still needs to prove something, but I think he was a better, he's a better tight end these past few years over Zach Hurts. Yeah, it's just a sad thing, man. Like, that's the type of player you want to see just retire, play his whole, his whole career for the yeah. It just seems like, you know, that's it doesn't usually work out like that in the NFL. Really hard for yeah. that to work out, especially a position like tight end where it's like – like even Jason Witten played for the Raiders, man. So, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, it, I think you, it's about what you'd expect as far as a return from him. I think back in like before the season, I said we would get probably like a fourth-round pick out of him. So we got a fifth plus Tay Gowan. So I'm fine with that. I, I don't know a lot about Tay Gowan. I talked to my, one of my uh, friends. He actually – he watches a lot of college film, um, and he was he he was he's a big Bears fan, and he wanted the Bears to to take take Allen um, yeah. somewhere somewhere day two. Um, so he he's he likes his potential. He told me at least that he was like he's like man, you should be you should be excited about that one. So um, I don't know anything about him really. I know he was supposed to be a day two type of guy. He ended up kind of falling in the draft. I think he went yeah. like round six. So um, yeah, we'll see what he has. He probably I don't know how much he sees the field this year. Maybe. Maybe a little bit. We haven't really had a whole lot of injuries at the cornerback position, knock on wood. So, yeah, he's definitely some depth there. But, um, yeah, just sad to see him go. But hopefully he can go win a, go win a Super Bowl there, man. Like, it's it's got to be cool for him. Like, you're going – at least you're going to a, a 
team that's the looks like one of, if not the best team in the NFL. They'll be playing with DeAndre Hopkins, AJ Green, mm-hmm. Christian Kirk, Rondo Moore, all those guys. Yeah, at least they did them right. They didn't yeah. send them like Jacksonville or some shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's I'm really happy for Zach. Um I'm not like a I'm 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 like cool with the move. I'm not like crying like other people how like don't talk to me. I'm crying. <laughs> oh, yeah, all that sh- all that shit. Like he's a I thank him for the Super Bowl and all right. that the years he was here. But yeah, it was time to move on. Dallas Goddard is not tight end number number tight end number one, and now he's got to show because he's looking to get a contract as well. Yeah, and so, he's got he's got a show right now. Yeah. Right now, he's he's all potential. Still. I mean, he's had some production, but yeah. I mean, for a guy who people have said like, oh, this guy's you know he's he's more talented than than Hurts. Well, he's got to put it on the field because, uh, I mean, he's got to stay healthy. That too, and obviously yeah. the, COVID, the COVID's out of his control. And all that. I mean, obviously injuries are out of your control too, but the COVID thing is yeah. even more kind of unpredictable. So, um, yeah, it's a big big opportunity for him now, man. Like he's gonna be the tight end one. Hope you have him in fantasy because. Yeah, I do. Good, good, good. I got yeah. him in a couple of leagues. I actually, uh, I dropped him like two weeks ago for Dalton Schultz. Schultz. Uh, so I don't really know what's. I'm. I try. I'm trying to pick him back up, but yeah. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. So. It's just. Uh, I think. I think beginning of this year we talked about it. So we were two year. We didn't expect the Eagles to be good. I didn't expect them to be good. Um. I don't know why where people were projecting them to win the division and make the playoffs, go like win eleven games. This, this that was never. I never saw that as a possibility. Um, they're out of this, this that brutal six game stretch. So now they got some easier opponents of the way, and they play the the Las Vegas Raiders on Sunday in Vegas. That should be an interesting game, you know. The the the, the Raiders they fired John Gruden after all that um, email controversy, and the Raiders they look pretty good on Sunday, albeit against the Broncos. But I feel like that's that's going to be a very interesting game. Um, hopefully, Nick Nick can he can get the he can get Miles Sanders running the ball a little bit more because when he got the ball during during the Bucks game, he was very effective, like twenty yard runs and stuff like that. Right. Yeah, just, I hope um, we will be able to see more of him, and then see if Jalen Hurts can, you you know, take another another step forward and play more efficiently. Um, not try to, not try to do these wild plays where he just ignores it. Once a first read isn't there, he just he breaks the pocket and unnecessarily runs and either throws the ball, throws an interception or an incompletion. So it's like. It's a winnable game, I might add, I must add. Um, the Raiders, they're, they're not that good. They're just uh, – well, they did beat the Ravens and the Steelers, so that's kind of a little bit – They looked really good last week, I will say. They, yeah. look, they actually looked better than they had weeks. But um, it's still winnable. It's still – they're not like a powerhouse. I mean, yeah. I think if the Eagles lose this game, their season is over. I don't see them making the playoffs. Yeah. They, they kind of have to. Like, I mean, because then you're, you're looking at Lions – Chargers, uh, Broncos, Saints, and it's gonna be tough to win. You know, three out of four of those, which you would you would almost have to go four for four if you blow it against the Raiders. Maybe I yeah. Now nah, you definitely, I think three for four. If you blow it against the Raiders, you got to win three out of four. 
it's probably not going to happen. Yeah. But, um, yeah, man, like, going and going looking towards this game, you, like you said, they've got to get Miles Sanders involved. And another fucking crazy Miles Sanders, Miles Sanders stat is, uh, I believe it's like 97 or 98% of uh, his rushes have resulted in positive yardage. So, uh, I mean, obviously the usage is low, so that might skew it a little bit, but still at, at the same time, it's 90, almost 100% of your runs are ending in positive yardage and he still doesn't get the ball. Um, looking at, uh, just kind of looking at the health of the Eagles, um, Anthony Harris, he is back for practice today. Yeah. Um, Lane Johnson back at practice, which is the biggest news probably of the week other than the uh, Zach Ertz trade. Um, yeah. So he, he should be ready to go, um, which is just massive. Uh, Dallas Goddard still not practicing. He's off the COVID. Um, and it doesn't seem like the Eagles have, like, they made the Tyree Jackson move and, and stuff like that. But it doesn't seem like, it seems like they're kind of still prepared that, that Ertz, I mean, that Goddard's going to be okay to go. Um, so he just needs, he just needs two, two negative results within 24 hours. So if that happens on Saturday, I would imagine he's still going to play. Um, yeah. As far as, as far as the Raiders, their injury report is actually like, like 20 players on it. Um, pretty much all of pretty much all of them are all full practice except for um Nick Bowers and uh Quentin Jefferson, which I honestly have no idea who those people are. So probably probably gonna be pretty much full health there for them. Um and you know, you gotta deal with gotta deal with uh Darren Waller and Henry Ruggs, and it's not gonna be a it's gonna be a tough combo, man. Like they're they're two of the fastest at their position. I mean, Waller's the fastest tight end in the NFL, and Ruggs is the fastest wide receiver in the NFL, probably. If not, he's easily like top three or five. So <laughs> the speed's gonna get tested of this defense, man. I could see them giving up some big plays, which I would have to look it up. It doesn't feel like we've given up a ton of like huge like 20 plus yard plays. Yeah. Um, we probably have. I just doesn't maybe it doesn't feel like it as much. I don't know. Um I will say uh, I, I do want to see how our rushing off our uh, sorry our rushing defense fares against them because the Raiders are terrible running the football. They average three uh three point four yards per carry um, as a, as a as a team for their running backs on the season. Uh, Josh Jacobs has a, ton, a few touchdowns, but he's only averaging like three point two yards per carry. So that the Eagles deep rush defense has got to freaking control the game. They cannot let they cannot let Derek Carr you know get comfortable back there. They got to put the ball in Carr's hands and make him try to beat you because I, I think Derek Carr's talented. I've talked, we've talked about it before, I think, Yeah, uh, but he, he's still, he's still not like a quarterback you're scared of necessarily. So yeah. I think if you make it tough on him, you've got a chance to win this game. Defensive line, obviously has got to attack the offensive line of the, of the Raiders. I don't think the Raiders offensive line is that great. Um, PFF actually. So PFF has every single one of their offensive line starters under 50. Um, Colton Miller's the only positively graded ones. So yeah. looking from, from left to right, you got 20th out of 79, 68th out of 76, 35th out of 35th for their center. Wow. Uh, 78th out of 79 for Alex Leatherwood, right guard, and then to the right side, 79th out of 79. So pretty much every single offensive lineman they have is one of the worst graded at, by PFF, which take that for what you will. Um, so Yeah. We'll see. We'll see how those matchups go, but uh, I, I do think it's a winnable game, like you said. Um, yeah. but it won't. Be, you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be a real tough one still. Yeah, um, <clears throat> I, I have the Eagles winning um, 31-27. All right, so you think their offense gets back on track. Um, I think the Raiders' defense is a little better, a little better okay. than people think. So I want to say I think the Eagles still win. 
but I think they go ahead and win. Score like 20, I think about 23, 23-20. I think it's going to be a real low-scoring game. You're going to get a couple touchdowns and then some Jake Elliott field goals, and hopefully the defense steps up because uh, I just don't see this offense getting getting points on the board really against against many teams. So 23-20, I think uh, you guys just go ahead and win, win in Vegas, though. All right. Well, we'll leave it there. Um, follow me at Big Niche Twenty and follow Aaron at A and Palacios Five, and we'll get back to you guys next week. Most likely, recap this the outcome of this game and look ahead to the Lions game on Halloween. So, fly go fly.